Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 64 of Beer Nuts, the podcast. And, mate, we are here in Los Angeles, California, at Dry River with uh, owner, yes. founder, yes. Naga. How you doing, man? Naga! Right here, man. <laughs> is it? Jesus. <laughs> and, of course, dude. we got T.O. Hunter from Dope and Dank co hosting once again. Uh, man, what up, man? Pleasure, man. Thank you so Welcome much. Thank you very much for coming through, man. Love you, man. Oh, I guess technically we're coming through. Wait, we're, we're coming through, yeah. Well, I mean, we can all be coming through, won't we? Whatever. Hey, semantics. This is a dope spot, bro. Thank you. It's super cool. I love the vibe. Uh, Tio was saying it's all handmade. Uh, That's correct. Wooden stuff. 100% reclaimed, recycled, nice. off the streets, out of the dumpsters. Yeah? Yeah. Amazing. And you've only been open since uh, July first. That's crazy, dude. So just, hey, let, let's be clear. This is Dry River Brewing in Boyle Heights, just out just wait, <laughs> just out just right next to the Dry River. That's right. Um, LA River is I great. love this place, man. Thank you, brother. I love this place. Um, and not to take away from what you were saying about it just being open, it's always been open for much longer in my mind um, because I know how much you have uh, focused on making sure this became a reality. Yes, Kind of seeing you at the beginning of that, all the way to the end, which was technically the beginning, was an honor. So um, to give the mic back to you, no, yes. no, totally. Man. Uh, I definitely want to hear. I know you don't have my, a lot of time too. Does have to dip out. Um, how did you guys connect? <laughs> all right, so um, it's actually a cool <laughs> story. Right? Like, yes, so like about um, I'd say maybe it was about a year and a half ago. Um, yeah. I was really, I had just made the transition from Black People Love Beer uh, to Dope and Dank, which is a creative port platform that we created that bridges diversity, dope culture, and craft beer. Uh, just got sick of being the only brother in the brewery and thought that we would investigate it. And, you know, I, I'm a dude that hit thing, hits things straight on. Um, so I really sought out to have as many conversations as I could with uh, brewery owners, with taproom owners, with brewers. And, um, you know, in my search for looking for those conversations, um, you know, like everybody, I just went to Yelp and <laughs> looked in areas. And um, I saw when I searched for breweries, Dry River picked up, right. you know, popped up. But there wasn't really a huge identity. It was just like, you know, it was almost like, in my opinion, like the echo of what was supposed to be there but what was there was so compelling. Right. They, they had this artwork and, this, and these portraits and this aesthetic that, you know, from, for me being someone that comes from the entertainment background and creative production, I was immediately drawn to it. Right. So um, I went to the website and they were looking to hire people. So I filled out their application. <laughs> <laughs> and their application had some of the dopest questions doing it. Like, are you familiar with Afro rhythms, Afro Cuban rhythms? I'm like, what brewery asked that question? If you had a brewer, if, if you were going to give anybody a brewer in history, who would that be? I'm like Harriet Tubman. <laughs> she probably could have used a brew or two, two. for doing for you know doing what she did. Um, but I was just compelled. And just to make a long story short, I was talking to. Um, a good friend of mine, Alex, uh, Alex Noel over at Three, Weaver, Three Weavers in Inglewood. And um, I, they were just finishing up the Unity Brew for LA Beer Week. And I told her that I was looking to connect with Naga. And he uh, or she um, gave me a bottle of the new Unity that just brewed and said, tell him I said hi, gave me a bottle. 
and said, you know, he, he's one of the one of the old buddies, one of the old friends from uh, Florida. You know, he's a good dude. So I went up, uh, came by his door, knocked on the door. The fucker wasn't here, <laughs> and I, I was t- in the back. Yeah, no, you were you were doing like deliveries or something. You 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 were hustling. I worked. You were hustling. I'm hustling. And um, I took a picture, <laughs> and I'm like, where you at? And uh, he, he was, was like, crying in the in the, in the pocket, like it got to have Yeah, dude, but but he was gracious enough to say, like, look, if you come back tomorrow, like I will sit down, we will talk. And I came back, we met, um, we sat down, and we talked. And he showed me what he was doing here, what his goals were, asked me what I was doing later. I said nothing. He was like, come on and come to a barbecue with me, where I got a I got an opportunity to meet another great beer man and John Carpenter, That's the right. homie. JC. Um, the amazing dude. Um, another very gracious, selfless person in the uh, craft beer industry, specifically in LA. And it's been a fairy tale ever since. That's right. Hopefully, that wasn't too long of a story. So, no, that's amazing. Cheers to that, cheers, guys. It was a little long. Nah, nah. I have it too long. <laughs> I'm not known as being a long winded person. No questions? No. <laughs> not at all. Tiffany you going to edit the shit out of it. <laughs> oh, this is staying raw. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are we all drinking, guys? What are we You're drinking here? the Arantia, uh, which is no, no. This is the uh, the key lime sour, the oh, Alpamito. Alpamito, yeah, it's Ooh, a key yes. lime sour, and uh, it's fantastic. This gentleman's drinking the William Guanyabo. How do you say it? Guanyabo. Guanyabo, pretty good. Yeah, which is our uh, guava sour. It's a golden mm. sour with uh, guava, and I'm drinking our new IPA with Bridge Buck. No, this one's actually made with Palo Santo, which is what we're smelling right now. We're burning up. So, okay. Yeah. Do you hear? I shouldn't have said that yeah. on tape. And, 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 and let, me, let me tell you something real quick. This is the same dude that will roll up and down the coast and just pull over when he sees some herbs he recognizes and, and crushes it up and smells it and goes, that's going in my beard. That's right. Like, that's fucking dope. We did a sequoia beer, which people loved. I collected uh, sequoia bark from one of the giant trees that fell down in the storm last year. Mm-hmm thousand year old tree wow brought the bark back and filtered the beer through it like an old sati method like a old scandinavian form amazing uh we did a stein beer where we me and john collected lava rock and then mm-hmm. we uh built a fire outside heated the lava rock up to white hot temperatures mm-hmm. and then dipped it in a with a metal basket into the brew kettle mm-hmm. for spontaneous boiling and caramelization that one was crazy too. That's insane. Dude, he, he's a mad scientist from another yeah. era, dude. I, I mean, it's it, it, <laughs> again one of the reasons why I love Los Angeles craft beer right. is because we have the kids at Indie. You know, we have um, the evolution of hip hop and, and culture with Mumford. You know, we have this raw, uh, you know, natural, organic, slow brew process, and, and I, I want you to talk about that a little bit. You know, because there's so much diversity, um, clearly in the city, but in the brewing community. Mm-hmm. Talk about slow beer, man. Slow beer is uh, akin to your grandmother's slow food. You know, it takes mm. two days to you know cook it down and you know get those flavors going. It's not like throwing something in the microwave and getting fast food at McDonald's. Right. Just shit, obviously. Sorry. It's, no, it's trying. You can swear. How, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Love McDonald's. God damn it. But, uh, so anyway, you know, we take a long time. You know, most uh, contemporary breweries, you know, take two, three weeks to make a beer. Some of our beers take up to three years. You know, we do mm. all, uh, all of our fermentation is done in wood. So the primary, secondary, tertiary fermentation all occurs in, in French, French oak and fooders. Wow. We just got two American fooders in, which is... Nice. Uh, Built with Ozark American oak, 
Wow, mm. beautiful. From the Ozark. Yeah. Ozark, Ozark Mountains. Mountains. Oh, that's the place? Damn fine. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, that's where they were. I don't know them from here. Well, I mean, me you watch TV, so well done. Well done, Netflix. Where are you from, New Zealand? I'm from Australia. Racist. <laughs> I, I like New Zealand. Their accent is the funniest thing in the world to me. It's very, very close. It's, it's almost indistinguishable. So no, to us, it sounds exactly. I tell you, it sounds the same. So, Everyone thinks I'm British or South African. It's all the same shit. It's us. all the same shit. If Fair you're enough. not American, then it's what difference is it? You're not from America, America. or Jamaican. Jamaican. Like Jamaican. You better sound like, like me. That's one accent I can do. America. That's one accent I can do. You're an American now, boy. Telling me about slow beer. You better give me some fast beer. Take it easy. Take I don't want to. You hey, get your hands off me, boy. Jesus. Can you edit that? That's, I know, I'm going to get in trouble for that. Uh, it's oh, That's entrapment. This is it? Yo. Yeah. We can sue everybody shit. here. Dude, their show is called Beer and Other Shit. I'm you sorry. You can say whatever you like. I'll sue everybody on the table here. I. I wouldn't, be, and I'm cool with that. Let's do it. Why not give it a fight first? Yeah, what, right, what, what, what are we doing? Wait. Before litigation, we're gonna, before we litigation, we're going to have a quick beer. Amen. And then we're going to get a call. That's fascinating, man. I've never heard of um, like. Can you speak to how, how, like how the fuck? Why? How the fuck? How the fuck? Uh, okay. You like translate? How did you get to where you are? Because that's pretty uh, uh, fascinating. The fact that you're uh, using. Like it seems there's, there's a trend there. You're using a lot of natural uh, like adjuncts and mm-hmm. uh, you know a focus on the wood and the earth and organic stuff. Yeah. Like how did that come about to, to get you to where you are today as far as like in your brewing and things? That's a big question. Story, man. Yeah, because that's, that's like going to, through a different, a few countries. Yeah, and you shit, have right? to go way back in, in time and space and place. You know, okay. I've traveled the world, uh, you know, started in the Caribbean, bounced around. Jamaica is one of my favorite places. I read. Out of many one people. <laughs> Lord, why? So no, no, I used to go to Nyabingi in, in Jamaica, nine miles for Bob's birthday. You know, and do Nyabingi for three days. I had dreads down to the floor back in those days. You know, then went to South America, opened my first two breweries in Brazil, okay. and really got down with all kind of natural stuff. There's a lot of uh, in the island I was in, Itaparica. Mm-hmm. It's an African island. It's a quilombo. It's where the, the slaves from Salvador escaped slavery and lived right. as Africans right. and continued their culture. So there was a lot of, you know, Y'all ain't ready. there's a lot of, you know, natural healing and traditional stuff that was that doesn't even exist in Africa anymore because it was destroyed mm-hmm. by colonialism. So these little quilombos in Brazil are little time capsules of uh, West African Yoruba culture. Right. So I was turned on to all kinds of stuff that I had no idea existed anymore. Yep. You know, people would travel from Africa to get a taste of old Africa in Brazil, mm. if you can dig it. Wow. So, you know, living down there and working with all the fruits and, you know, the natural processes, I, I got turned on to natural fermentation, you know, through, through the uh, cachaça making process which is like a, a white rum they make in Brazil. Yes, and it's all spontaneously fermented. They don't pitch any yeast or anything because you're in the jungle. There's yeast everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Man. It's like a cool ship situation type yeah, of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But not even, it's deep. It's not even oh, shallow. Not shallow. It's like, it's, so much, it's, it's just getting attacked. By <laughs> so, you know, going through that experience and being able to experiment without any laws or restrictions in uh, Brazil, it's like, I just did whatever I wanted. There was mm-hmm. no ABC or there's, you know, what, there's nothing. I just do. We love you, ABC, by the way. I mean, oh, I, love a, I mean, you know. What, what's ABC? Sorry. Excuse me. It's, it's his favorite. It's uh, alcohol. Uh, America. America. American <laughs> Alcohol Board of 
Consecration. Some shit. So she does. What is the The rest. Whatever. The fires. It's the old ATF. Alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Oh, yeah. It's the actual, like, a bureau of uh, police? Yeah. In this country, we have laws and stuff. Can you believe that shit? I don't understand what that is. Well, it's in books. Books. But, but we, we digress. <laughs> why, why, why read books when you got beer, bro? Whoa. Hey, 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 I'm getting a bit violent. I apologize. Mark. <laughs> we, we digress. You were ahead. able to operate without rules, which I think is dope. Yeah, exactly. So I got to experiment in ways that uh, I probably couldn't hear and had ingredients that were completely available. Mangoes and maracujá and passion fruit just falling mm. off the trees and, you know. Wow. People would, would bring me fruit and I would give them a couple of bottles of beer, you know, so it was that kind of yeah. exchange. That's sick. You know, I lived across from a farm and the breweries were like a block from the beach. There was a farm between us and the, the beach. And I would ring the bell after I'm done brewing and the farmer would come over, a couple of wheelbarrows and take mm-hmm. all the grain away and feed it right there to the cows that are right across the street. That's and the cows, they start to know me. and. Every time I walk down the, the little paths, they, they all start coming through the, <laughs> I know the thing. Feed me. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not brewing today. And they're like, I'm, like, I'm not brewing. <laughs> the cow whisperer. So, so, so essentially now we're his cows. We just see him walking around the street. Hey, what's up? Like, what's, what's up, now, guy? Man, what's, you know, what's you, uh, south, up, goes out. <laughs> we're not open. Right? I'm like, come on. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's part of the story. But traveling really influenced me a lot. Okay. Uh, you know, just I love to see how other people do things and other cultures and just learn and get turned on, you know. Even, even beer, you know, that's why I'm so experimental because I love a challenge. I can't. If I make a great beer and people love it, I won't, probably won't make it again mm-hmm. because I, I don't want to be bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Can you make it again? I'm like, nah, I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but now is a great time for me because... The last 20 years, everybody wanted consistent. Oh, give me that IPA I've been drinking right. every you know, every time I've right. been here for the last 10. Now it's like, what's new? Yeah. What's new? Yeah. Give me the new That's shit. Amazing. So yeah. for me, it's it's go time Perfect. because I got new shit all day. Yeah. So, yeah. so a, a couple of things I want you to kind of touch upon because, again, I, I've seen you go from um, the beginning just, I mean, where there wasn't a bench or a table in this place mm-hmm. to now being able to open your doors and share the bounty of Dry River. Um, but that was a very long, drawn out, painful process for a lot of people. It's too soon. Um, it, well, if you could touch on a couple of elements of it and what you feel now that, that you're able to now give people based off of what you went through. Wow, that's a good question. I mean, it's one of those things in life where life, it seems like it's really hard or being too hard on you, mm-hmm. but it, it always works out in the end, right? Yeah. So it took us almost three years to get the tap room open. We've been brewing here for three years, distributing, self-distributing to mm-hmm. restaurants and bars in LA, but we couldn't open the doors to the public because of permits. very, well, permits, but mostly- uh, and, and if I could touch on it real quick. Yeah. Um, I think um, a lot of it was a misunderstanding about what craft beer is mm-hmm. and what it does to a community. Um, I think it almost goes without saying that when anything progressive and new and interesting come in, people that have been exposed to progressive, interesting things are going to be drawn to it. Mm-hmm. So to that point, um, you know, I think it's easy to muddle that in with gentrification. Mm-hmm. Um, what people don't understand is there's another side to that, which is revitalizing and, and, and exposing a community to something different. Because after all, 
we, we are a compilation of what we've been exposed to. Right. And I think um, that theme has been pretty consistent throughout the throughout brewing history. You know, that's why beers change and evolve and expand and, and go away and come back is because someone was exposed to it at some point. And that's one of the most beautiful elements um, about Dope and Dank about what we do is we try and expose people to as many different flavors and processes and people like fucking Naga yeah. um, who have been able to be a witness, you know, to to these things that he just got through telling you about. So I think um, to, to bring it back home, uh, specifically in Boyle Heights, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for the people here in Boyle Heights, I think there was a huge misunderstanding of what their intent was and what their goal is. Mm -hmm. And I think what's happening now is people, now that these doors are open, are able to come in and sit down with this guy and have a beer with him and and understand why it's so special to everybody um, and what this does, you know, to the palate of the people. And, you know, and to him, because now he's going to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you know, many um, young uh, Mexican men and women that have lived in this community forever and understand what their palate is telling them and mm -hmm. how he can maybe accommodate that, you know, with his ridiculous acumen with, you know, with regards to brewing. Amazing. That was a big answer. So no, that yeah. was great. That was, that that was, was good. good. No, but I mean, I, I love his <laughs> name. I mean, it was tough getting open. I mean, it was. You know, so this community pushback is up. It, well, it wasn't a community. There was uh, some groups in the community that were, you know, anti-gentrification, which I get. But uh, as Tio explained so eloquently, they didn't really take it as a case by case uh, basis. Got they kind of knew. They just that. rolled everything. It's like anything new, and you're not from Boyle Heights, and you're not Mexican. We don't want it. So right. now, as as Tio said, people know us. We have friends in the community. We do collaborations with people mm -hmm. in the community. It's a family. Every day I meet new people. It's becoming, you can feel the the fabric mm -hmm. tightening in, in the community building. It's exciting. That's yeah. why I love Tio, because he, he's the same kind of social architect that I am. You know, like it's not just it's not just about beer. Beer is, is great, but it's, it's... It's a conduit. It's a conduit. It's like, hey, come on, you want some beer? <laughs> and then yeah, before they know it, they have... Uh, new friends and new yep. family and new it's like oh, they thought it was the beer but yeah. it wasn't it's right. people wanted to connect yeah and, and beer is just one of those magical things that human beings have developed to make that facilitate it easier yeah you know dude, so. dude uh, men of the cloth <laughs> we're like amongst i mean my favorite beer Pliny the elder was what i believe he was the first Friar, the first monk who referred to hops by its botanical name right. in in literature. Mm. You know, what I mean, so you have a man that was about religion, about you know the community, about service. Who made you know who was you know who has been coined as being one of the architects of you know the recipe or passing on of the recipe of how to preserve and bitter beer. Mm -hmm. right. How dope is that? That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So and I guess like the Trappist beers too, like they're all made by monks that actually feeds their people and keeps the monasteries open. That's mm -hmm. right. So it has been so very cool, man. Like I haven't heard anything. I've interviewed a fair few breweries. I've never heard anything like that before. Like as far as like the approach, it's uh, very fucking cool. Nice. And I'm glad that you got this open in the community. So now you are open. What's the, like, I assume everybody's like, all right, I get it now. And, and you know, you've probably spoken to the people who know you, you're the face. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and before you answer that, I'm going to have to bid you gentlemen uh, you a, a, a goodbye. I've got to get up out. No doubt. Dope and dank. 
at Dope and Dank. Uh, hit me on, on the website, dopeanddank.com, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, man. We're going we gonna to have this cat. Mm-hmm. Beer and other shit. Family. Yeah, right. Canada. Love y'all. Toronto. Montreal. <laughs> Australia. The Six. <laughs> what up? <laughs> awesome. Cheers. Salute. My man. Cheers, brother. Yes. I'll hit you afterwards. Are we, are we in the middle? Do we need to reshuffle or are we good? Oh, yeah. Move right. We can move right. So, yeah, so. <laughs> we keep this raw. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You pretty much are like, you like almost, you're. Like, one of the questions we had is what is my new favorite style? That. You like it? Guava <laughs> Wait for the passion fruit ones next. Uh oh. Uh oh. Kaja. The sour? I love it. Yeah, knock that back, mate. So what's the, uh, how, how's the community been now? Like, has it been, um, oh, it's been, like, they understand, they get it now, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's been uh, pretty amazing. We're setting up block parties and, you know, nice. we're, uh, we just finished doing a relief um, charity beer for Mexico, you know, earthquake, all the, yeah, you know, yeah, all yeah. the kind of stuff we're doing for Puerto Rico. So this is what we came here to do in the beginning. Yeah. We lost three years messing around Permits and nonsense. Nonsense, basically. But, you know, we're back on track. People know who we are now. Now we're, we're doing the positive things in the community that we set out to do. Amazing. And, you know, people are, are starting to get it. You know, there's a lot. I mean, L.A. is exploding right now. So it's yeah. hard to, to filter through and see what's good and what's not good. There are a lot of, you know, big money, you know, projects coming in who don't give a shit about the community. And they just want to make money and take, you know. So I get it. Yeah. You've got to be cautious about preserving the community. But you should know each person before you you know try to shut their business down. yeah absolutely I mean, that's we're trying to feed our family yeah totally you know? <laughs> how, how did that make you feel like how did you did you, did you ever feel discouraged i mean clearly frustrated but did you ever feel sort of like oh fuck like yeah do was, i want to do this anymore or? uh never never to that point but definitely you know sometimes you get discouraging and a little disheartening yeah because you know you come in with the biggest intentions you know open up breweries all over the world uh brazil miami you know one in alaska and all of those places, people were so open and, and grateful, you know, to have the brewery there. Right. So and then you come here. You come and here, and I was like, oh, wow. Like, what's, what's the problem? I was a little taken aback and didn't know what was happening. I didn't right. understand it. Right. So, so it was quite aggressive. Um, yeah. From what it sounds, sure. so pushback, yeah? Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, other businesses have definitely had, had more aggressive, you know, but legally, yeah. I mean, they, they were able to hold us up and trip us up Jeez. for a while. So did, oh, we just actually were with Connor at Indy uh, today. Same book. Did he have the same bullshit? The exact mirror. Yeah, but they had actually a little bit easier time mm-hmm. because they were a few months ahead of us in the permitting process. Yeah, that was the last, last So they kind of went through like an arrow in the dark. Uh, and then all of a sudden, and then they had alerted them. Like, oh, whoa, 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 yeah. who are these guys? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't really heard much of that before as far as like a community pushback. And I mean, like, we're staying in Silver Lake. We don't know nothing about LA. Mm-hmm. So we went to Silver Lake because we knew that was the hipster area. And we live hipster area, for lack of a better word, because like the shit that comes with it's kind of sucks. The things the hipsters like are really good stuff. Yeah. Third wave coffee, great beer, right. great food and stuff. So we stayed out there and I feel I, I can see that gentrification in that area. Sure. So in the area we live in in Montreal, it's a similar-ish situation. But I don't always, I don't know. I don't always really see it as bad, but like I guess it's not trying to make this area to put in perspective. And this area, then 
are they accusing you and other businesses of trying to make it that hipster gen, for lack of a better word? Or yeah, pretty much. I mean, I mean, you know, I think more than anything is, you know, affordable housing and getting priced that's out of the neighborhood. Right. So okay. that's the main concern. Is that um, actually, is that a real concern? It's a real concern anywhere, any city really. I mean, there's, you go to, and even Detroit, you know, 10 years ago, you could have bought a whole city block for a dollar. Yeah. Now, there's <laughs> oh, actually, it's actually we're just that. So, it's insane, yeah. I mean, and that turned around like that. Yeah. So LA right now is going through a huge boom. I mean, right. if you look downtown, there's 300 cranes down there, you know, building yeah. shit. So. Which is very cool. It's eh? getting, it's cool, but it's also expensive as hell. I mean, yeah. I live just up here and I live in the neighborhood of Boyle Heights, a mile mm-hmm. from the brewery. But thank God I got my lease, you know, four years ago because to get the same apartment now would cost like 3000 bucks wow. for a tiny little place. So it is, is, York, is it New York prices here? Like Manhattan prices? Not something? quite, but on the way, it's getting close. Jeez. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. How is it uh, in in the beer world? Is that does that make it more difficult to survive? Being I know traditionally the, the margins and sort of the money and beer. Everyone always thinks beer is this like cash cow. Not at all. And it's it couldn't be further from the truth, yeah. right? And I guess it would be like it's hard enough in different. You know, I think Montreal and Toronto, but I can imagine here when you've got that extra pressure of sure of all the costs. I, mean, I can believe it's just rent and wow. you know rent insane. is killer. Yeah. yeah. You know, the new breweries that are coming in are, are paying exorbitant rents right. that are really prohibitive. you got to sell a lot of beer to just cover the Right, rent. so you need volume. So you then yeah. it maybe stops the in, innovation and, like, experimentation that you may be able to do. That's right. But because our, you got it three years ago. Right. And we got a pretty good deal on our rent. But also, you know, the, our whole plan, the whole brewery plan was to keep it small. It's a planned small brewery. We're not, right. Our, our business plan isn't to take over, you know, Budweiser or the world. Like yeah. a lot of you know breweries, they want to keep growing, continuous growth. You know, I've been in situations like that, work like that. I don't. It's not, not really for me. Sure. Yeah. You know, if you want to get rich, don't get into the brewery business. <laughs> yeah, kids, listen. You know what I'm saying? It's it's for passion. Yeah, you know, so, it's an art, right? Yeah, it's an art. So if as long as you know you can, you know, pay your rent and you know, take care of your employees and everybody's good, you can sustain that and just keep making better and better beer at a you know small incremental growth but right. without constantly having to retool your recipes and you know for new you know bigger brewing systems all this right so it's kind of nice you can settle into a groove and, and just cruise yeah. are you happy with it do you have aspirations that are larger than this at all or this is essentially what you're saying oh this yeah is, absolutely is, we're gonna expand into the, the, the other, next building other side of the building here but uh, i mean Slowly and surely, but right, you know, we're, piece by piece. Yeah, it's going to be open a few it's, months. It's organic, yeah. You know, so, okay. what's the capacity in this room? Because I'm looking around now. It's I'd... about 50 people in the top okay. room. That's sick, yeah. cozy community. Yeah, it's great, and it's the type of place we have the best staff in the world. Letty, who runs our bar, is amazing. Yeah, he's super cool. We have great bartenders, and we all, you know, make it our first priority to you know be friendly and to to greet customers and to not be LA in a bad way, LA, but Sometimes you go to LA and it's kind of like a you're not worthy kind of attitude. I haven't felt that, but well, yeah, you're lucky. Be 48 but, hours, so. you know. So sometimes you'll go into kind of more pretentious, you know, bar, like a bar or something. Or something. It's hard to get a drink because the bartender is cooler than you, that kind of thing. <laughs> I have heard about that. I guess we'll find out. But you know, I'm very frequenting mostly brew pubs, and everyone's well, like, "Well, those super are nice. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole different thing." If you go to like a normal bar, yeah, yeah. I guess like we'll a douchebag bar, you know, <laughs> you'll find one. We'll find it eventually. It's I'm easy. Sure. Just turn yeah. left and turn right, <laughs> and you'll find it right there. Um, so the aesthetic, 
in in this uh, like I mean, let's talk about the actual bottles. The, yeah. the bottle aesthetic is very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, where does that come from? That inspiration it looks like it's photography essentially, as opposed to it, uh, yeah, it's right. all it is all, all photography. Uh, all photography is all okay. shot in or around the LA River. Fantastic. So is that the inspiration for the name too? I assume. Yeah, very yep. much so. So our whole thing is you know environmental consciousness, and you know we we have a solar thermal heating device that heats That's all the it. water right. you know on the roof. So we do a lot of things here that. You know, solar power fans, and there's a lot of things that that you can't see that are smart and intelligent and, and well like thought eco, out. Right. Yeah. So in Dry River, you know, the, there's a lot of different meanings to it, but you know, just the idea of a dry river should invoke some kind of concern, right? Because a river shouldn't be dry, should it? Because it wouldn't be a wouldn't river. Be a river otherwise. <laughs> it would just be. It would just, yeah. just be dirt or rock. So that means water used to be there. What happened? Right. And we need water, don't we? Absolutely. So, just a little bit. So you look at the LA River and the way that... And that's know, the aqueduct thing, right? It's yeah. Just You've seen Terminator 2. I was trying to... Yes. Terminator is... That yep. used to so be that the LA cruising. River. Right. So the LA River was the heart of LA. You know, the city was built around as an agricultural city. Right. So these are all farms. Where we're sitting now used to be farmland right. along the river. And... You know, eventually it would flood every couple of years, and this area right here was completely flooded. It was devastated with right. one flood, and that was the impetus to to cage the river and to dam it up, and which is why it's all concrete, right? And break basically broke the spirit. There's no fish. Well, there's still some life in there, but basically killed the river. Everything. So now you know they're trying to to bring it back. They have uh, an approved uh, proposal that's going through. Just got funded with the. Army Corps of Engineers to break certain parts of the river, all that concrete, and, and right. turn it back into a natural river with you know certain areas where you can kayak around and wetlands, and you know access to the river. So, and we we have a lot uh, of interaction with those groups who are doing that, uh, like the Friends of LA River. We donate to them and we do events with them. So we're very much about the environment, you know, That's and, and the river and the revitalization of LA. Like, right. It, it is that that sort of uh, mo. Did that sort of get you through the process that you were dealing with, with all of the headaches and stuff? Did the people eventually was that a part of it? Like, did people actually see that? Hey, these guys are like they're trying to give back and like forget the, just the community stuff. Yeah, like as a meeting place and what beer does. But beyond that, did, did people really see that message? Did they get oh, that? absolutely. I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, we had some uh, some pushback, but we had a lot more support than pushback. Right. You know, so that so was a small percentage, but that's all you need to, to block your, your project is right. a couple of signatures and, and you know, protests. And that, yeah, I wasn't trying to hop on that at but, all. I was just saying that, like, I think it's really cool that that's clearly such an important part. It's, it's beyond yeah. just the beer. Like, oh, absolutely. Clearly, right? People people got it right away, and they, they understand right. that when they come in here. Like, last weekend, we had Ciclovia, which is the big uh, downtown ride where they close you know, major thoroughfares for bicycles and you can ride your bike, thousands of people in the street riding right. their bikes. And Sick. and this place was packed with bikers because I'm a, a big, you know, biker myself and used to ride professional freestyle bike back all in right. the day. Okay, so, so, yeah, so we're involved in all that kind of stuff and people, when they find out, I mean, people love beer, but if they find out, oh, that brewery is great, but they also love bikes or they love, you know, environmental or Know, things that they're into as well mm-hmm. that means something to them it's an instant kind of connection right and so it's again it's about you know community and being more than just a brewery right you know there's a million breweries what's the point exactly you know do something more with it because it's, it's, it's you know beer is a powerful thing and and you know a brewery is a powerful thing you know it attracts people 
Right. So, yeah. you know, it's an Gap opportunity to do something good. Absolutely. And most people probably don't do something always good with it. Well, well, not that there's anything wrong with that. Maybe I guess. not consciously. I mean, it's a matter of, you know, being conscious of, of that opportunity and right. taking advantage You'll of it. You'll get more proactive about yeah. it. So, like, the artwork. So, it was shot in the LA River. Um, super cool. Very striking. Like, what, what made you go with, like, photos on the beer label? Because I, I would say that would be unorthodox. For the most part. It was. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, we we spent a lot of time um, with our branding, and we sat down with a lot of friends and people that are into you know marketing and branding, and people from the wine industry, from the, the spirits industry, and and had meetings and you know brainstorming sessions. But I think ultimately, uh, I have two partners, Dave and Vonda, their husband and wife, and Vonda came up with that concept of you know because she was really into wine and stuff and and you know we were trying to come up with our identity and she's like you know we should go more with you know an elegant style you know to try to elevate you know the perception of beer instead of being like you know fraternity keg stand yeah, kind of drink kind of yeah. to something that you could be proud of bringing to a party and be like wow that's what's this it's like yeah. oh this is beer well, that's beer that's, that's gorgeous beer, like, so she had the idea of you know doing that in the photos and in the LA River and even if you notice you don't see our brand you just see the photo, the photo yeah and the brand's right, on the side yeah so you know when she came up with that idea I was totally opposed to it I'm like that's insane yeah like, how are people gonna know like it's our beer and she's like trust me you know like that's actual branding yeah because it's it's actual branding because so many breweries put it in your face you know it's like like, right oh, take it easy. Yeah, you know, like, like I get it. Yeah, I, I get, get it. it. I'm gonna buy it. Just calm down. <laughs> you know, so you know, our approach is totally opposite of that. Instead right. of like dry river, like it's like, it's like you know, sick photo. Dry. Like what's that? <laughs> what, what just happened? Who said that? And it's like, oh, is that the girl in the pot? What is this? Did she no? talk to me? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, to try That's to cool, create man. some more of a elegance and mystique, and you know, people look at the bottles and they really, you know, it. it draws them in and, and yeah. they, it kind of elevates their perception of beer I think 100% even just looking from like at the fridge here mm-hmm. like it does it looks like wine bottles yeah and, and look and something that also uh, lends itself to that like looking at your menu it's seen and I like, I took a look at the bottles before a lot of them are like higher end like you said slow beer sours mm-hmm. things yeah. that take a while to sort of uh, really like reach the perfection yeah was that I mean clearly that was intentional what was inspiration for making like it looks like you're doing a lot of sours, even though you got some saison there. You got uh, actually almost every single one is a sour, with the exception of the IPA. Yeah, well, I have um, the saison on the, the saison, which is probably not so much in the goza, I guess. Yeah, but that aside, like, what's the where does that come from? I think it's a an evolution of, of my experience as a brewer. I mean, sours right now are uh, are probably I, the well. That's not even that. It's no. for me. It's it's the most challenging thing hmm. because you know. I love making IPAs. It's great, you know, but it's a simple process. Not to not to say that it's easy, easy. to make a great IPA, yeah. but it, almost anybody could make an IPA and it'd be okay. Right. But you know, to make a great IPA, it's hard. <clears throat> but anyway, sours. There's a whole different microbiological aspect that you have to deal with, and so much variability when you're doing wood. Yeah. And you know, there's resident evil in the wood or resident angels in the wood, right. and you got to sort them out and right. you gotta figure it out, and you got to repitch and you got to steam and you got to look under microscopes, and it's, all it's a whole different thing, which intrigues the hell out of me. Bless you. Bless you. 
splash took us in. Yeah. Uh, intrigues the hell out of me. You know, it's, it's a mysterious right. world. You, you can't yeah. see it, but I mean, only under a microscope, but all that magic happens invisibly to the naked eye. And that's fascinating. Right. You know? And that you can manipulate those worlds and combine those worlds, you know, of like Lactobacillus, Pediococcus, Britannomyces, Saccharomyces, and you have all these guys on the playing field and you control their proportions and you move this army up and you pull this one back and you know it's very strategic yeah and, and temperature changes and environmental humidity changes all these things affects what's going on inside that little world that's right. like a wine barrel you know and the wine barrel sitting next to it is a whole other universe in there with a whole other set of critters and it's, it's very interesting never thought of it like that and then do you blend a lot or is oh, it sort absolutely. of like yeah you almost little, all of these are blends the top two or cuvées right uh, well, and what, what does a cuvée mean again if you it's a blend that? yeah so it's a it's a french term for blend i think i mean i'm not french but no, we live in montreal <laughs> we should actually know better yeah hello i forgot what it means we learned french for a while we're pretty one of that angle that piece of shit anglophone that no one right there. no but it's a blend so right. basically what we'll do is uh We'll let the beer age, you know, for months to years and let it mature. And when it comes to maturity, we'll pull out samples of the mature barrels and we'll set them aside in, you know, little noted uh, glass and taste them and say, oh, this one's nice, but it could use a little bit more tartness or less tartness or more body or could you, whatever it needs. And then you go through and say, oh, this one might go good with this one. You do a little blend in another cup, like 20% of this, 80% of that. Like, Oh, it's okay then. Let's try 30, 70. Oh, that's pretty good, but it just needs a little something. Let's try 10% of that one, 20 of this about, one. Yeah. And, and you put this, oh, that's there good. There we go. That's good. And you keep dialing that in Damn. until you get down like 63% of this one, <laughs> 18 of this. And then, and then you go to the barrels and you say, all right, let's pull 18% of of Zumbi, barrel Zumbi, mm-hmm. you know, X amount from Quilombo. X amount from Yimanja, and we put them into the blending tank in the proportionality that we came up with. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, we either package it as is, or we'll add fruit or herbs or little adjuncts. Adjuncts. You big on this? Looks like yeah. From what I can tell, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And using interesting ones. I mean, you got the sour stuff, which is the collab with Indy. Mm-hmm. Um, guava, which is always a fave. Yeah. The, we were talking about it before, like you got the Jamaica and the Tamarind, mm-hmm. uh, which we, I only mean, just had last week. Yeah. Um, super interesting. Yeah. Like, where does that uh, inspiration is that sort of like tapping in once again to the community and the, and the local ingredients that are absolutely from the, from the culture, Mexican culture? I think it's a lot from culinary influence. I love to cook. I mean, I love to cook. I mean, I, I can get down on any. Whenever I travel, that's the first thing I'm watching is you know how they food. how they making the food, what's going in it, how's how's those flavors possible, you know. Right. So that translates directly into brewing for me. So right. things that I work with, like I love doing, you know, like chocolate mocha, dark sours, because I I can make a wicked, you know, cup of chocolate coffee or you know some i know exactly how to do that so right. to, to do that in beer is easy Translate, it's just yeah. it's the same concept <laughs> yeah it makes a lot of sense it's basically like you're a beer chef it's same slash scientist yeah i mean well once you get the particularly the salads you got like you said the critters and stuff i mean yeah. that's when the science comes in that's right that's it did you so you were you ever a professional cook or anything like that no. or it was more just like a passion that you sort of channeled through your beer no never a professional cook no. except well not professional but i did cook for 
Buddhist monks several times when I worked in the, the monastery. I would cook when the Tibetan monks would come to do the sand mandalas. I'd be their chef for a week. Amazing. And, you know, stuff like that, but never like in a restaurant. But I love to cook. I mean, that's one of my passions for sure. So and brewing and, and cooking, to me, it's not even two different things. It's totally it's the same exactly thing. the same thing. It's just right. one's more liquid than the other. Right. <laughs> and I, baking, you know, making bacon bread. Too. And, yeah. You know, that's how I collect a lot of my cultures. A lot of the cultures that you're tasting are wildly captured, you know, some from Brazil, Alaska, mm-hmm. one from Boyle Heights here. Right. So the first thing I did when I moved here was to start my sourdough bread culture. So before I even set up my furniture, <laughs> I made, you know, a cup of warm water, added sugar, put it out on the balcony. Cap- Is that all you do? Yep. And then two days later, you see little, you know, bubbling little activity going on. You got them. The yeast comes down to eat the sugar. Mm-hmm. Starts having a little orgy in there, reproducing, having fun. Okay. And then, you know, you got them. Then you take them inside, feed them again, make them more sugar, add it, keep building the, the colony. Mm-hmm. When it gets to enough cells in there, you can make a loaf of bread out of it. No and shit. if it makes great bread, it would make good beer. Probably make good beer. That's all you have to do. Yeah. So Saccharomyces is the same Damn. yeast that, that is bread yeast is the same as beer yeast. Right. I had no clue that's all it took. Yeah, so that's Saccharomyces, but also like with the sourdough, you're going to catch lactobacillus, which is, you know, the souring agent. It's yes. a dairy. Right. Uh, dairy, you know. And how do you catch that? Is that from the that's air? That's in as the well? air as well. So it's, you're like reading it right now. Every, you know, every, everything is here. And bread, yeah. too? Bread, too. Oh. Yep. Damn, okay. And how do you, how do you, can you just be like, all right, cool, and chuck pitch into the tank? Or is exactly. It- so when you, cap, when you capture those little critters, you're not just going to capture one stream you're not going to just capture like Britannomyces C you're going to have Britannomyces C you're going to have uh, maybe Saccharomyces strain whatever and you might have a little lactobacillus a little PD you'll capture a whole bunch of different critters right because they're all in here together around you so they all attack it's like ah! and they, they, they go in for right. it you know and they're fighting you know, for dominance <laughs> right so you know when you you got them you have to you'd have to look under the microscope or send it to a yeah, lab yeah so you couldn't see it right? no you wouldn't know but what it is the bubbling is a signifier that you've got uh, something in there that's particularly that's because the sugar yeah that's fascinating so, but now it's really cool because you can do that and send it to the lab mm-hmm. and get a sequence saying, like, and he is the percentage like, you, of what's you got this guy this guy this guy this guy and this guy and this percentages at this health and viability and then they'll send me the report and i said okay that's great I like all these guys, but get him out of there. I don't want him in there. Okay. And then they'll say, okay, done. And they'll they'll extract that and send me back the, the, the same culture I sent them, minus the guy I don't like. That's amazing. Yeah, so if there's like a gnarly PDO strain in there, it tastes it's like, like baby diapers. It's like, get him get out of there. And you know. Yeah, and so I get him out. They, they strike him out of the culture, reculture it up, send it back to me and say, here's your culture without the, the PDO. Crazy. Yeah. So how do you reproduce that? Like, how do you make that like and use it um, uh, over across a bunch of beers, or is it just a one-time thing? No, no. I mean, if you have uh, a, the yeast culture, all you need is a few cells, and then you just set the table again, and you feed oh, them. You, you, make it. you make you know Thanksgiving dinner. You, you <laughs> brew some a little bit of beer, yeah, and you feed them, and then say you have ten thousand cells in there. By the time that Next fermentation's over, you might have, I don't know, a million cells. And then you do right. that again, feed them again, you'll have 10 million cells. Do it again, and you'll have 2 billion. Then it's like, oh, now I have enough to actually make a beer. Right. 
then when you make that beer in a big quantity, at the end, you're going to have a big cake of yeast at the bottom. Now you have a trillion cells. Right. So you can take some of that and, and put it in the fridge and keep that as a mother. For the rest of it, you can make your next batch of beer. So that you always have that genetics there that you can, you can pull re- back from and reproduce. And, so it's like kombucha in that sense, like, basically. Because yeah. I never heard that sort of description with uh, respect to beer. Like um, we were learning about kombucha only a few months ago. We're pretty new to the game, and uh, they were talking about that scoby thing. Sure. You get that, and you keep the mother in. You keep that in the fridge, and you pop that in once you finish it. You take that, scoop it up, use it for the next one. Yeah. So I, I, I guess same thing, same concept. Eh? Exactly. Interesting. Do many people do that? Do you think, or is it more a little on the yeah, I mean, most like, breweries will use... Uh, they, use their, they just keep getting new stuff all the time. It depends on the brewery, but typically they'll, you know, even though a brewery is doing a lot of clean beers like IPAs, as long as they're sanitary, they'll use one, two, or three generations of yeast. Okay. And then they'll get rid of it because it's full of hops. or it's, Maybe too much. It might get some drift and, and start doing something else. But, right. Uh, like, we'll use hundreds of generations of yeast. I mean, they, live, in the salad, they yeah. live in the barrel, so you can't get rid of them, even if right. I... I steam the barrel it's still gonna be it's still gonna be hiding in the wood there's gonna be somebody that you miss right someone actually i feel i swear in san diego someone told us about they make the the northeast ipas like the hoppy like hazy stuff with the third generation yeast the first two isn't isn't good enough yet so they make a couple batches and then on the third batch it's just that right that's right yeah that's when that's when the 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 yeast is really strong. You have a, a shit ton of cells, healthy cells. They're like, give me more. And they're like, okay, great. It's time. Yeah. They're like 17-year-old teenagers <laughs> just in line at Taco Bell. You know, like, <laughs> That's fascinating. I feel like this has just come in this last week. Like, it's just crazy because I've never heard that before. Okay. Welcome to the world of microbiology. <sighs> there you go. Now, we, should, we shouldn't talk about beer. We should talk about biology now. It's we much are. more interesting. Beer and biology. Go I guess the same thing, right? It's the same thing. You're just looking closer now. Just, just real, real close. I like that. Can I get you a beer? Yeah, sure. What's um, the, the Bridge Park IPA looks pretty good. That's actually the, not on right now. Or that Lady Roja looks pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna try that. Or, or the South Sub Goza, one of the two. Okay. You pick. Give me I'll keep people entertained in the meantime. Okay. Um, talk amongst yourself. We'll talk amongst ourselves. Now that's super sick, man. I really like to hear that. I think it's super cool. Um, I feel like uh, I, well, I don't know most brewers we've spoken to who make sour beers don't generally talk about that as much so i don't know if that means that people aren't doing it or if it's maybe a complicated process and not everyone's able to do because it sounds like that's a uh like a serious I, I don't know if you need like training to be able to to do that type of stuff or if that's something that you can just kind of like um figure out along the way but that's pretty crazy to just uh Totally rock that. Nice. That's the salsa? Yep. That's oh, hell salsa. yeah. Close what a head. That is sexy. Yeah. Do you have uh, formal training? Thank you, sir. Do you have formal training on um, on the biology side of things? No, not at all. No? So you just figuring Self-study, it out? Self-study, you know, read yeah? books, Google shit. That's crazy. <laughs> Google shit. <laughs> I like it. Google. You can be a brewer. Just fucking Google it. <laughs> I mean, I've been brewing yeah. a long time, so. How long? If uh, I ask. Over 20 years. Nice. Yeah. So OG. OG baby, and you said you started breweries in Brazil and Alaska, and, and there be Miami. ones in Miami. Would there yeah. be ones we'd be familiar with at all? Sure. Um, in Miami, it's Winwood Brewing Company. Oh, I totally heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you started the company, or you started you were the head brewer? No, I built the brewery and was the head brewer from the nice. beginning. Okay. Uh, the two Luises, Luis Junior and Senior, uh, that was their concept and brewery. They just hired right. me. Okay. I was kind of a hired gun coming back from Brazil. 
and built the brewery physically and, right. and you know built all the first recipes so from there then uh, alaska's kodiak island brewing company was up there it's in yeah. uh, kodiak island sounds about right okay yeah <laughs> uh, that was cool it started their uh, sour beer program up there the bottle program as well and then came down here to la and started this bad boy nice. yeah. that's set. where are you originally from pennsylvania represent east coast yeah, that's right i guess you wanted the uh the sun my i see a consistency with the exception of alaska i'm always on the water yeah even in, in even alaska yeah i mean I, I could sit on my my balcony in the morning in alaska and drink my coffee and see orcas you know in the, in the harbor eating you know seals and stuff that's Pretty crazy cool. That's super cool. I always wanted to go there. We had a bunch, but someone sent us a bunch of Alaskan beers recently. They were pretty solid. Yeah, there's a lot of good little breweries up there. Yeah, it's time to pick up. Mm -hmm. That's a random last place to be. Uh, it's gorgeous, beer. man. Best yeah. water in the world. Yeah. We brewed a beer with, uh, we call it the Paleolithic Pale Ale. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. made out of 10,000 year old uh, glacier. Yeah. So we had a lot of pilots that would come into the, the brewery because up there, there's a lot of remote fishing communities. So you'd have to get mail by, by, by seaplane. Right, right. And one was a good client of ours, and he was showing us pictures because they have to land on these uh, alpine lakes on the top of a mountain that's frozen over and land the fucking plane on the ice. To be able to get to Insane, uh, you know, just to deliver, you know, junk mail. mail. <laughs> this way he's like, see his catalog. <laughs> yeah. See you next week, Bill. Hey, good luck. <laughs> and then, uh, so I was like, you know, just fooling around. I was like, man, I'd love to. Can you get me a piece of that ice? You know, we brew a beer with it. And, he, you know, I was just talking shit. He came two days later. He's like, I got your ice. I'm like, what ice? And he goes, remember the glacier? The glacier? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, look in the truck. I look around. It's like a huge ass piece of block of ice. That's amazing. In the back of his pickup truck. So he just, just melted it down? Yeah, and, so uh, about 10 of us hauled it into the brewery and just dumped it into the uh, the mash tun and let it, just let let it melt, melt slowly. You know, over the weekend. And then That's brewed a beer out of it. And it was like the same, you know, water that dinosaurs were drinking when <laughs> the meteor sick. hit. How was it? It was awesome. What did you, what, so as you said, it was a pale ale? Pale, 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 pale ale, yeah. And it was bum? It was awesome. Man, did that get like distro or anything? Or it was kind no, of it was like brewery or No, none of that beer left the island. So yeah, um, just a couple of bottles, but it was a very small batch. I can was, imagine. Yeah, we used to do a lot of cool stuff up there. I mean, we do like uh, dandelion IPAs. We did... Uh, spruce tip barley wine, which was amazing. So in the springtime, when the, the giant Russian spruce trees are putting out the little green buds, yeah, yeah, we, Grab we took ten people two days and collect a hundred pounds of those and made an IPA out of it. It's the most delicious IPA you ever tasted. Yeah, it's like pure citrus. It all came from uh, the spruce tips. Wow, because I know there's been a lot of spruce tip beers, but uh, generally I never seen an IPA. Yeah. With, uh, IPA, and then we did a, a barley wine as well. That's crazy, man. Yeah. I'll take, sorry, I do a, uh, a, a review. Did I take? I do <laughs> Are you kidding me right what now? What are you doing? I'm pressing the thing to... Are you me. fucking this up? <laughs> Apparently so. I need a new phone, goddammit. Apple, can you hook me up? Seriously, I'm getting oh. annoyed. Um, yes. So we have a, uh, a thing called the lightning round, which could also be, we always like, joke to say it's the molasses round because people do take uh, time. So you can answer quick or slow. Um, guilty pleasure beer. So a beer that maybe you would be afraid to uh, admit that you enjoy to your fellow beer nerds. 
Uh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm not I don't give a shit. You don't give a shit? You I'm, drink a Budweiser in front of... Right uh, in front of... Uh, at, yeah. You don't I don't care. care. Okay. I have no filter anymore. I've lost it in the war. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. It's done. It's gone. You love everything. I don't care. I like that. It's, it's, uh, it must be liberating. It's liberating. Yeah. I used to care. Yeah. And what, what changed? What changed? What changed? Time. Time? Time like... Time. Uh, no one's judging anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to have these LA people judge me. Right. Beer, you would decline under any circumstances. And that wouldn't be because oh. of snobbery. Just maybe you're not a fan of that. Uh, I would... That's easy. Blue Moon uh, Horchata. Yeah. yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> they didn't do too well. No, it's I, embarrassing. I never, never tried it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, God. I'm just mad because when I got to LA, I was designing Horchata beer. Right. Which was really good. I did a couple of test batches. People loved it. I was like, really All excited right. about it. And then and next thing I see a truck go by with Blue Moon Horchata. And I was like, oh, God, God damn it. it. Damn it. Don't drink I it. I just tore up the recipe. Yeah, come over. Did you like it? No, not not commercially. Would you make it for him? No, I tanked it. No, it's done. It's, it's over. over. On to the next. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And she's like, get in while you can. If not, it's too late. It's a good one for the beer nerds. Mm-hmm. Get in, don't fuck around. Don't fuck around. Ever in your life. Um, favorite beer style? So mm. it doesn't like maybe. Oh, you mean what I like to drink all the time? Yeah. I love IPAs, to be honest with you. There we go. Uh, Any specific type? Like maybe the New England or nah, West Coast? I'm a West Coast, old school West Coast. Give me bitterness, give me hops. Yeah? yeah. Not a fan of the hazy Clear. stuff or in general? I like them. I mean, I've tried some amazing ones. Yeah, some stuff. But I don't like a lot of yeast in suspension. It's just... Not your thing? Old school? Yeah, I mean, I, I spent my whole life trying to make clear beer, so... Right, so you're <laughs> Now they, <laughs> they want clear beer. Like, they want to ruin I'm it? Like, I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to ride it out until the end of this. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually drinking. Kind I was of, getting about to say it. It looks pretty hazy to me, but we just tapped it and it's really young. Yeah, I, I like it. I like that. So I was gonna say that's why I was wondering. I'll let you try it. it. Yeah. You like hazy IPAs? It's my whole thing. Oh shit! You and Tio. Yeah, we're like pathetic about it. Jesus. Yeah, it's uh, and do you know why? It's from Canada. When we were living there, I I had immigration issues for a while in the sense that I was in limbo, so I wasn't able to leave and, and be guaranteed reentry. So. Canadian breweries weren't making those beers and I'm on Instagram doing this stuff or doing podcasts or whatever and yeah. I'm, po- I'm looking at these people posting Treehouse and Trillium and all these like ridiculous shit and monkish and stuff I'm like I need this what is wrong nobody here makes it and then over time they started catching on they were a little bit slower to the to the game but they got there right so I think the the fact that we weren't we had no access it created a demand for you. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm, you know, at the end of the day, we're beer drinkers, right? We're not making it. We've got no skin in the game with that. We just like to talk about it and promote it. Yeah. But we also like to try everything as well. And if that's the trend right now, and that's what, you know, we always look, even when I, you know, I'm from Australia, so looking in Australia, you're looking at uh, the States and whatever, uh, whatever the States are doing, we're all like, all right, that's what's hot. That's what's going on. That's what I need. And, yeah. you know, that was the trend. So to not have access to that drove me crazy. <laughs> drove me nuts so now I do and I'm able to travel I got my PR I'm good to go I'm uh, like trying to just catch up I'm sure I'll get over it eventually but eventually. right now it's uh, like I would rather this or the hazy stuff they're the two shit sours and the hazy yeah stuff. that's what I do too but it's I mean, perfect your, your menu is fantastic to me every single thing I'm like yes 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 yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know? it, it is kind of weird that they, they those kind of beer drinkers overlap what's up baby boy uh, 
you know, was, people think if you like sours, you wouldn't like IPAs, but that's just nonsense. Complete nonsense. Yeah, complete nonsense. It's not true at all. <laughs> They're very much uh, hand in hand. Um, so favorite beer style IPA, least favorite. Doesn't mean you hate it, just means least favorite. Pumpkin beer. Brewers always say that. It's either Roush or pumpkin. I love pumpkin pie. Leave, pumpkin leave it in the pie. Give me, a, <laughs> give me my beer. Ready? Can you take care of that, please? Uh, I love pumpkin beer. Why do brewers always hate it? It sucks. Oh, it's okay. You can. Hey, hey. You can Sorry, talk. guys. <laughs> I know people love no, it. No, the vast majority of people don't like it. I'm, I'm oh, good. all for it. I, I mean, think it's great. Again, pumpkin pie is my favorite pie. So right. like, it's kind of like don't have you mess had a with pumpkin that. pie paired with a pumpkin beer? I'm sure you would have. No. <laughs> Why would I do that? Do I have pumpkin spice lattes? No. Ah, leave the pumpkin for the pie. Bro. We're going to Starbucks right now. I'm done. Um, Desert Island beer. So you would, a beer you would have over and over and over. Served to you exactly how you would like it. Uh, on the island. They won't rescue you, but they're going to give you whatever beer you want at the right temperature. It's not bad. Fresh as tits. Okay. Well, that's tough, man. I know. It's super tough. So it's almost like, do you think you want to do something that just you just enjoy? I guess it depends. With the weather, it depends how productive I'd want to be on the island. No, I mean, like if I'm just chilling and I'm, I don't have to like do anything, or am I just am I trying to like build like something together? I feel like or? a bit of a balance. Maybe you might have your off days, and then maybe you just sip one quietly when you're trying to build a hut, but then you're gonna get, get drunk because you're on an island. You can't go anywhere. Well, that's you're the problem. Stuck. If you get one that's too strong, you can't. You can't build your hut. Right. So maybe you make that as your reward beer. So that's up to your personal motivation. Otherwise, yeah, you will have a slanted hut. All right. Which is fine. I'll take a, a, a nice, you know, 6% IPA, West Coast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Crushable. I, I think know which specific one. comes to mind. Okay. It's all right. 6%. I'm happy with that. I mean, answer. I like, you know, I'll take a Boomtown nose job. My okay. boys right across the river here. They, they do that. A great IPA. Drink it all the time. Six percent is a great uh, happy medium. A little, little stronger than five, but not enough that you can't crush it. Exactly, you can still build it's the a sweet spot, <laughs> you know, and have six of them. <laughs> By the end of it, and then you're fine. You pass out in your hut. <laughs> you're fucking good to go. All right, be a trend predictions. So, oh, yeah. what do you think is up next? Uh, I think we'll see a lot more terroir focused beers where people are doing more local stuff like we're talking about you know, local yeast yep farm the table yeah Ish. uh but i think yeast has been you know ignored for a long time yeah as like whatever you know ingredient mm-hmm. so people are really you know just getting turned on in the technology like i was telling you you can get yeast cleaned up and you know there's all kind of cool tools that we have just in the last couple of years that are available so i think we're gonna we're only we're using like one point one percent of all the bacteria and yeast that could be used to create beer, right. and each one of those is going to offer different, different, different flavors and you know aromas and stuff. So if you use the same malt, water, and hops, and you, then you add different kinds of yeast and different fermenters, you're going to get different completely different, completely different beers. Right. So that's I think you'll see. Not in terms of style, but in terms of flavor offerings, are going to expand. So, laboratories you already see you know, yeast that are available in the last two, three years. The catalog of yeast that are available is going crazy, off the yeah. charts. Yeah. So that's for sure happening. Hmm. You know? So beers will get more interesting. Interesting. That's great. All styles, whatever, even you know, style IPA, whatever it is, it'll, that's it'll, how you'll get flip it. you'll get more depth to those styles because of this. Yeah. Very cool. That's a great answer. 
Um, favorite up and coming breweries? So ones that uh, could be local, could be anywhere, just maybe ones that haven't got their shine just yet or they're just kind of starting out. Um, you could say Dry River technically, you've only been around for uh, three months technically. I'll let somebody else say that. <laughs> I like, I mean, uh, uh, Birds Fly South, you know, friends of mine uh, out in South Carolina, they're doing a great job. They're, they're basically a mirror image of what we're doing right. on the other, the other the coast. coast. And, Actually, Sean, you know, the owner and brewer out there, he lived in Kodiak Island as well, which is a very small place to end up. Yeah, so he exactly. lived there and I lived there and we kind of connected through that. And uh, I love what they're doing there. Fontainebleau is doing cool stuff out there. Uh, in LA, we have a ton of them, you know, Homage and, and uh, you know, Chapman and all these guys. I mean, there's, there's a ton of them. Every right. day there's a new brewery that... I'm into yeah. and like it's exciting I mean yeah it seems like a really cool scene to be a part of oh, it's insane I mean every, every brewer's guild meeting meeting we have at least you know four or five new breweries right every time it's, it's like oh, okay we have this this guy all new breweries like damn right and it's like boom 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 it's just growing so it's pretty exciting when I got here there was two breweries in LA like downtown there was Angel City and Golden Road that was it and that's it and they're all just they're big money companies and so and now it's all this uh, happens scene, right? It's going really quickly from what I understand. Yeah. Lights speed. Crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. So you're coming in a good time, man. Eh? Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, favorite beer city, destination, or country? Ooh. Well, so Belgium is a no brainer. I mean, of course. You could say that. Everybody's a brewer's say. fame, yeah. Yeah. Uh, city, there's a lot of great cities here. I mean, uh, Asheville is cool. Yeah, I get that a lot. Asheville is cool. Um, Austin is cool, you know, obviously in Colorado, there's a lot of cool places. San Diego, San Francisco, shit. There's a lot, eh? Yeah. It's, uh, you can't really go wrong. How, how do you feel about the, like, the buyouts and stuff? Like, Wicked Weed, when you mentioned Asheville. Just yeah, I mean, we actually had a collaboration in the tank with Wicked Weed. Really? Yeah, I flew out there, we did a collaboration, and they sold that beer, and it was gone. This is pre-sellout. 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 And then they came out here, we brewed a, a collab beer. I had it in the tanks, just added blueberries to it. I had the labels at the printer. That morning I was gonna put the order in for what's gonna be like 400 cases of this beer, which is gonna be our biggest you know, bottling run to date. Right. Cause it was a Wicked Weeds collaboration. We were gonna, it's a big gonna deal. blow it out and yeah. we're all excited. And then next thing you know, my uh, my friend Travis, who's one of the head brewers over there, is like, dude, like we had a meeting this morning. It's like we got bought out. I was like, what? So I thought about it for the weekend, and I was like, I can't do it, man. Yeah. So I, I blended the beer back in, didn't release it. You know, it's wicked weed, and we pulled out of the Funkatorium Invitational. Right. We were going that. We already had our tickets, hotel, everything, car, everything booked. But then Birds Fly South did uh, the Funk Invitational. I heard about that with the con, yeah, yeah, opposite one. Yeah. All, pretty much everybody who was at, at the Wicked Weed one went to Sean's. So right, that was so cool. it's still worth it. You still had your yeah. So we went anyway and went to the the Funk uh, Invitational and you know got turned on to a ton of new breweries and people. It was amazing because people knew Dry River. It was insane. They're, it was a different format. They would just bust out a bunch of bottles and say like, "Oh, we're born Dry River." Blah blah blah. And I was like, oh, no one's going to Dry River. And they said, Dry River. And then people queued up and they were like going crazy for the beer, taking pictures and everything. I was like, wow, this is cool. That's yeah. sick, man. And yeah. before you even opened? Yeah. 
Love it. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. That's really crazy. It's really interesting to hear that firsthand because I've never heard anyone who actually had something to do with it. Yeah. And you, I think you made the right decision. If it was somebody else besides them who bought it, would it have made a difference for you? Yeah, I mean, I actually knew those guys, you know, and I was happy for them. I mean, if I get the money, they, look, if that's what you want to do, and to be you honest, built it, I guess, right? But I think that they probably had that in the back of their mind from from day one because the way that they're expanding so quickly. I mean, you know, I can see usually a year ahead. It's like I'll say, hey, that's what they see do. that brewery over there. Watch six, eight months are gone, and yeah. boom, they're sold out. Oh, right. Ten billion dollars. You can see the little, yeah, <laughs> the signs, signs, you know. Yeah. Colored smoke. Yes. Did it? Did it like a like not offend you? You were kind of cool about. It. I was like, do your thing, but it was more like there was a, a moral like thing that you had to do for your brewery because you couldn't be associated with something that was associated yeah. with that company specifically. If it was like anyone else, like Ma who owns like whatever thirty five percent of founders, but yeah. no one cares. Yeah. Or I mean, like Heineken bought out like an Eagles. No one really cares because Heineken are trying to fuck up the game. Like these right. guys are. Yeah. Thing. Is no, that, it hurt. That, I mean. It, it was for our brand it was disappointing because you know to do something with wicked weed you know would have put us more on the, on the map but it's no big deal uh but i think on an industry level it was kind of sad you know because it was you know certain breweries you don't really care about like ballast point i mean it's like that great constellation it's not a big deal i mean but i was happy for i mean you could see that coming a million miles away so that wasn't a shock Wicked Weed was a shock. Yeah, that's why. Not a complete shock, but, you know, and it was kind of disappointing because they were, like, doing the Funk Festival and they They ran the Sour Game. Yeah, they were, like, you know, the top dog almost, you know, and they were kind of, like, the leaders and then people really, you know, looked up to them in a sense and they came out of nowhere and in three years they were fucking huge and just everywhere and it's like, holy crap. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I think on on the brand level it it was disappointing for us. But again, it's business, and if that's what yeah. you want to do, I'm happy oh, for you. It's like, yeah. oh, you're rich. Congratulations. Yeah, good for you. You, know, but you still probably have to work. But the way that they did it, I, I always feel like the way that these breweries sell out is shady, and like they make all these excuses and try to act like play it off, like, oh, no, we're still crafting, blah, blah. And, but it doesn't sell. Like, God forbid I would ever sell to a Budweiser, but in a fantasy, if I did it, I would do a press release and be like, I'm rich, bitch. Yeah, like, like I'm getting that money. Like, sorry, like, let's all go to Brazil for a month, you know, free beer. Like, or I'd open a brewery, it's free. Like, like I'm going to close, I'm going to sell Dry River, but I'm going to open Wet River across the street, and it's free forever for everybody. <laughs> I feel you. Like, you know yeah, you got to be a bit more like, yeah, just be, be real about it yeah, man. Be, be like real. hey man like, hey, I'm on my money right it's like, you know, I think yeah it's such a because like we were saying don't before, be shady time, about it be, do you think that was shady not them particularly but I, I thought that the uh, the video I don't know if you saw it with the independent craft beer oh the high end thing oh that was with uh, like all the guys yeah, yeah the high end one yeah that was, that was and then they made a parody one yeah like, no, one like, guy's oh, all pissed off like if you're really independent you know you would you wouldn't be like yeah. Shut, the fuck Shut up! Yeah. It's in your contract. Get on the stool you have to and say, say the script like a good boy. Yeah, <laughs> just be real. Be like, yeah, hold on. Like, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, it's just so funny. We always talk about that. Like, it's just any other business, no problem. So yeah. You talked about beer. It's 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 a drama, but I think it's because it's not. It's, it's it's and there's more. There's like a passion behind it than anything else. You sell a tech company, yeah. and Apple buys you. Have, Hell yeah! Right. Get that exactly. billion. Exactly. But it was like a brewery sold to. 
But people have a personal vested interest and relationship with the brewery that they don't have, they don't care who owns Apple. It's still going to be the same product. Yeah, but beer has a soul, and once you take the soul out of the brewery, it's done. It's, it's, done. Yeah. it's a zombie. Yeah. You know. I guess we'll see how how well it goes after that. It's going to be interesting, though, right? Let's see. Um, underrated style, brewery, city, or country? Just anything. Feel it doesn't get its props. I think Brazil is definitely underrated. Yeah, I like a, they're coming up. We always get people with Brazil. There's Brazil. amazing creativity in Brazil and, and the range of ingredients and their their background and their culture. So watch out for Brazil. Brazil in the next couple of years. All right. Beer's coming out of there. Yeah. Sick. Um, I'm super keen. Uh, best beer you ever drank in your life? Often situational, so it doesn't have to be like it's that beer was good. It was my God, when I cracked that beer. Yeah, time. I mean, I, I think it is situational. I don't even remember the beer, what it was, to be honest with you. But it was my first day in Amsterdam, and I was, it was just so exciting. Like I was, I think I was drinking in a pub where Napoleon used to drink or something. It's like that old, right? You know what I'm saying? Like he would go in there and have a couple pints and like figure out his plan for. And like the, I was, and they had like fresh bread on the table and cheese, and just, you can just feel how history, old and the history yeah. and the old people talking. And it was like it was a family kind of vibe in there. And then they just served me this nondescript kind of pilsner and this nice tall glass, and I just enjoyed it so much. Bam. I was just quiet, just like just in there absorbing everything, and it was just it was a great Such a cool feel. Experience. You know? Yeah, and I don't even know what it was. To be honest with you. Potentially Heineken, I guess, but like no, no. I would have recognized. Do you remember Heineken? <laughs> you know the green thing. Um, first beat you ever brewed? Oh, it was. I think it... by myself. I think it would have to be a pale ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I brewed, you know, with friends for years before I, I did solo brewing, but. We used to brew a lot of IPAs and stouts, and I think the first one I did by myself was a pale ale. Yeah, it's not very exciting. No, hey, pale ales are good. It usually is the first one. Was it extract kit or was it like a no? I never used extract. Grain? You were from day one, straight to a milligram yeah. grain oh, extract. What am I, a child? <laughs> what am I, a can opener over here? <laughs> over here. Um, first B. Oh no, we just did that one. Jesus Christ, we death row. Open Three questions, that's it, then we're over. Death row beer slash meal pairing. Death row beer, what is that? So, like your final uh, final oh, beer Jesus meal pairing. Mary, how would I think about that? I know, it's really a bit, bit depressing. I bought a, a Argentinian steak with chimichurri okay. and a super dry barley wine. All right, that's a good one. Yeah, barley wine. No one ever chooses barley wine, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite style to brew? Ooh, Stein beer. Yeah, all right. With lava rocks, <laughs> hot lava rock. Yeah, you can't. It's the most dangerous and, and it smells the best. I now really want a lava beer. I feel like my life is incomplete. I have lava beer. Now. Thanks. Yeah. Last one. Worst beer you ever made? Worst beer? Probably this one. Trash. Oh, not into it. Hazy IPA. <laughs> not into it. Train four. Was a cake. Pour it out. <laughs> You're crazy. Uh, man, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate my it. My pleasure, brother. This is a fantastic place. Where can uh, people find you online? Uh, dryriverbrewing.com. Yep. yep. And at Dry River Brewing on social? Yeah. I assume? All the same. Perfect. Whatever that fancy character thing is, and then Dry River Brewing. 
that the at yeah, the at yeah, sign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's computers. Don't worry about it. Who needs it? Uh, thank you so much again, man. LA is sick. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, check us a thumbs up on YouTube. Hit subscribe below. Uh, follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast and uh, subscribe to us to hear the long form audio like this on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else you get your talking audio. That's it, guys. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers, brother.